you can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? Welcome into Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long and Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900. Or text Rick and the show at 744-2990. And now your host, the Big Dog, Rick Watson. some uh, warmer weather heading our way, which is awesome. It won't be, you know, warm like our next guest is used to seeing on a, on a daily basis. Joining us now from Miami. That is, unless this god-awful phone system has cut her off, it's uh, Marva in Miami. Marva, are you with us? Can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Hey! Woohoo! Yay, 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 yay. And I'm, ooh, I did not realize how cold it was in Radford. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I will not complain about it being 67 here then. I will not. So what do we got, uh, what do you got for us down there right now as you wake up here on this uh, start of a new week? It's 67. 67 on, on its way to 80, is that correct? Well, you know, I haven't even looked. Let me see what they're saying the high is going to be today. I don't oh, even know. Oh, here we go. Actually, no. It's going to be in the 70s today. Oh, Only 73. So we're look. almost already at the high. You're at sweater weather today. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's sweater weather. It, it's it's kind of chilly. So how many times did you run out onto the floor when you were at North Carolina after a big win? Never. but I, I Because we always expected to win. That's what underdogs Well, that's, that's, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But, you know, I don't I, – I know it has the potential to be dangerous, but I just think it's kind of one of the fun things that college no. kids get to do. No. You know, they have a big upset. No. And, you know, I, it's unfortunate what happened over the weekend. And I really – I don't know, like, how close this game was, you know, because uh, I wasn't watching, you know, if it went down to the wire or what. But when sometimes when teams know – they're a big team, and they're about to be upset. They're trying to usher their team off the field as soon as, or off the court as soon as possible. Correct. And so I don't know what happened with this one if it was contested late or what, but they're trying to do that now. As a as a you know fan of a team that's often favored to win, uh, you know Carolina's been on the receiving end of that where players you know, beat Carolina, rush out to the court, and usually the the coaching staff is like 
getting players off the court as quickly as possible. Like, you know, you don't want to be rude. You're still going to shake hands, but then you've got to get out of there as quickly as possible because you don't want an incident to happen. I mean, it, this one from the video I saw, it looked like it was an accident. I don't think that that guy was gutting. I just think he wasn't paying attention to what he was doing. No, yeah, was I don't. Just, yeah, I don't think it was. Yeah, I don't think. But I think when you're trying to run off the floor and you see something in your peripheral and they were very close, I mean, you're immediately you're. Let's put it this way. Uh, and he wouldn't mind me telling this. Uh, when Mike Jones was at Radford, uh, we had certain schools that charged the floor certain times because Radford were the favorites. Mm-hmm. And, and he would tell his guys, "Look, anybody comes at you, you protect yourself at all costs. If somebody comes at you in the huddle." I want you guys to defend yourselves. In other words, what she did is an instinct that you have as a player. These people have no right to be in their space. Oh, my goodness. Space. I didn't know. Were people saying she did something wrong? Yeah, everybody's trying to say that she's the one who initiated it because they don't like her, that she pushed, that she made all these motions when she fell down trying to be dramatic. First of all, how can you judge Somebody trying to be dramatic when you nearly collide with somebody at full speed, right? You don't know how you're going to fall know, to the floor. Like I, it's just it just shows you the bias that people have. It's just well, wow. I did not. I didn't know people. Oh were yeah, that because no, she's I getting blamed. The video. They're attacking her. Thought, yeah. Wow. I just thought it was a bad accident. It's her fault. It was an accident. No, I didn't think it's her she fault. Initiated it. Yeah. But I do think the coaching staff. Again, I don't know what. Like you can tell me what the final score was. I don't know what that was. But if you know an upset is about to happen to you your team you've got to start ushering those players well off. to her and credit that means even if you don't do the handshake you've got to get off you've got to get your players well, off the court as quickly as possible she wanted to shake hands with the other players and that's what she had finished doing because you know they had just lost ohio state had it under control i think they mm-hmm. won by like six or eight so it wasn't like a last second shot okay uh-huh so uh, well i think it, the coaching staff should have said we could do this later you got to get off this court because for safety reasons I mean, it's not being a bad sport. You can talk. You can be congratulatory to them when you're doing your post-game press conference. But you you have to get your players off because, I mean, what if she had been hurt in this incident? Exactly. What would that have done to their team? So, you know, get your players off the court as quickly as possible. You know, forget about the handshakes. If it's starting to get dangerous out there, just, you know, you can do that later. Like, the players can meet up later. Well, you know what? A lot of coaches want to get rid. A lot of coaches want to get rid of the handshake line. The handshake line is something that many coaches throughout men's college basketball are behind getting rid of. Just walk off the floor, maybe wave to each other, and then, like you said, you could, you know, talk to that coach later. The players aren't going to get together because they just don't. Because the emotions are so high. Yeah, that, that and because of of, and because of crap like we saw yesterday. Because if these arenas and these schools aren't going to get get it under control, it's on them. It's on Ohio State. It's not on Caitlin Clark. I, you know, she could have punched well, somebody. Never. And then, they, you know. really have enough people to get it under control, Rick. Do, I mean, you, I heard you talk about police officers. Yeah, they have a few officers there, but it's not like it's a, this armed fortress. I mean, they've got a few people there. All they had to do is but make an there's announcement. there's way more fans in the stands. All you have to do is make an announcement. Do not charge the floor. You will be something. If you cared about it at all, you'd be prosecuted or – we do not charge the floor. Do not, you know, make an announcement or something. But they didn't want to stop. They nobody ever wants to stop it. So see, I just think they want to let people have their fun, especially teams that you know they're not doing really well. And this is a big deal for them. I mean, like I said, I've never done that with basketball. I did do it once with football, and I had a great time. Um, and 
you know, it's it's just part of you know college life and and it's fun. So I, I hate for them to get rid of it, but I do think it's on those coaches get your players off the court. Well, here's like, the part you of see it too. Caitlin's trying to shake hands and say, Caitlin, we got to do this later. We got to get. Well, here's the part of it too. Now. And you're a news person, so you got to tell both sides of the story. Okay, so people want to jump, and you're not doing this. I'm just saying though. People want to jump to the conclusion that Caitlin Clark was so melodramatic that she got hit. All right, how about reversing it to this? How about the person who ran at her feels like you do and you don't like her? What if that person was trying to make contact with her? I'm not saying this person was doing that, Well, that's right. right. I mean, you could have right? that. So and let's, let's talk about their we intention. What let's we saw with tennis was correct. Monica Sellis, who had a crazy person come and stab her in the neck. Right. And she was never the same, right? Right, absolutely. So you do have to to be careful because they're, especially players who are polarizing like that, they're people that don't like them. Um, yeah, you have to be careful. And I, But I just... I really do think, for the most part, though, it's just a fun thing. Like people just uh, want to go out there and party. No, They're excited be about their team, shouldn't be and I hate for it to be taken away because of something like this. So just you know, put some—I don't know—put some barriers and get the players off the court. Oh, That's what I'm saying. And what happens? Get what happens? Players if, off the court. What, what they're going to do? They're going to let this go, Marvin, to the point to where some fans going to come out there with a weapon. And going to actually physically, I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm. I'm serious. Somebody's going to come out there and hurt somebody, and then they'll start taking it seriously. is That's what they're going to wait on, just like but everything else. do you have to go through metal detectors to get, or have your bags inspected to go through a game? Like, you, you do, you but... You should be able to get a weapon. I mean, I don't know what kind of weapon you're talking about. Well, I don't know. Anything. You, you, you can you can come up with anything throughout the course of a game. Aren't really weapons, but can be used as weapons, right? Car keys. So, car keys can um, become weapons, right? Yeah, car keys. Yeah, you could stab somebody with some car keys. Absolutely. Um, but I, I hope that you know no one will take it to that extent because i think for a lot of people it's it's just a fun thing like nobody's trying like when i i said i did this once in football i was not looking because carolina but was not expected to win they they beat miami when miami was really good and i were running out to the field some of my friends and we just had a good time actually high five um the kicker because it was carolina won by field goal and it was just a fun experience. I wasn't looking for anybody from Miami. I'm sure those players were running off the field. Yeah, but, but I was just trying to celebrate with my kids. That was you, though. You don't know um, how many people may have been looking to taunt players from Miami, right? But then again, football players have on their armor, so most of the time they get stayed away yeah. from, right? So, but Yeah, you're not going to yeah, 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 hurt yeah. one of those guys. Because I have a feeling if you came at one of those guys the wrong way, I mean they're just going to put you on your behind, right? Like they're not correct. They're not going to be dealing with you. So, um, and to be honest, yeah, in my I, opinion, I, I, anything I, goes. I for some, anything goes. Make it go away. You come out on the field and you get hurt. If you're a fan, anything goes. That that player should not be accused of anything. If you come out there and run in their space, you run oh, into no, them, no. If you if you what, come in and get in their face, then no. whatever happens, what I mean, happens. I don't know if you covered this but recently in the nba of all places some guy walked out into the court and got really really close to lebron james now apparently this guy was a lebron fan and he just wanted to i don't know what take a picture i have no idea i just saw the headline and i just like, what a bizarre story because had he wanted to he really could have hurt him because mm-hmm. he just came right up to him he was like i think he might have been in a huddle or something he obviously he wasn't in his playing on the court but this guy just walked right up to me. He was standing right beside him, and everybody's like, you know, <laughs> what's going on over here? What happened to security? Yeah, so, yeah. There you, you know, go. There you go. People are just <laughs> a little bit crazy because you usually don't hear about this in the pros. People know that's not a thing you do, you know, in the pros. 
Yeah. But occasionally we've had people run out onto the football field, like the, the streakers and stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a little different. And baseball. <laughs> we've had it also. Baseball. People run out Marva focusing on the streakers. That's, an, that's a topic for another day, Marva. Uh, but at least you know they don't have weapons, right? Yeah, oh, this is true. <laughs> this is very, very true. Yeah. All right, uh, Lamar Jackson. I know you want to talk about Lamar, and rightfully well, so. I mean, what am I goodness gracious? He's going to be the yes. MVP, oh right? Oh, my gosh, what an incredible performance on Saturday. I love Lamar. You know, wow. And it just seems like, I don't know why he's having a great season, but it still feels like he's flying a little bit under the radar here. But, you know, just wonderful performance on Saturday. He had four touchdowns, you know, two through the air, uh, two rushing. And what I loved about his rushing touchdowns is that every time they're doing this play where he fakes a handoff and then he runs, he's running right up the middle. And I was just like, Texans, what is up? Did you not watch film on this guy? <laughs> or, you know, maybe he's just that good. They could not stop him. Yeah, but it just looks funny to me I that they fell for this each time. You know, the little fake handoff and then he just takes off and and still like really incredibly fast and it was just so fun to watch him like his last touchdown he scored in the fourth quarter his uh, second rushing touchdown day he took it got the touchdown and then he just kept running ran through the tunnel and I thought (laughs) I thought it would be funny if he just didn't come back out but you know he did he did but that was uh, a lot of fun to watch and I was just happy to see him have this time you know Ravens won that one 34-10 and, you know, on the other side in Texas, you have this great story with C.J. Stroud, yeah. amazing season that he's had. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just happy for both of those guys. I mean, they seem like good guys, and it's just going to be really exciting to see what happens in the AFC title game. We're going to have the Ravens versus the Chiefs. You know, are the Ravens going to be able to come out on top, you know, and make it to the Super Bowl? And uh, just, just good stuff, just Really fun to watch him uh, because I hadn't really watched not a full from start to finish Ravens game all year long, and you know just been seeing his highlights and uh, stuff like that. Um, and I was just amazed. I mean, I remember I actually I take that back. I, I watched most of the Ravens game when they played the Forty ers and people were saying they're not they're not going to win this one, and they took that very personally. Yeah, they're good right now, man. They are locked in on both yeah, sides of football. I mean, they got Mahomes coming in there, so it's going to be very interesting. This is the matchup CBS and the NFL wanted. We'll see how it all plays out. But you're right, he's on a trajectory now. I love the fact that he's made amends after all the people who <laughs> tried to criticize him and the Ravens acted like they didn't want him, and here he is having an MVP season. What a response, man. That's that's, yeah. that's just what it's all about. Yeah. It's 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 nice to see, and I think it's that that game is going to be a good one. It's going to be a fun one, you know, just just like uh, the game last night, the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another good one. I know you probably didn't like the outcome. No, I did not. I did not. I did not. You, you did not. Not, but, a bit, not a big fan. Not a big fan. I, but uh, I don't know those Bills. Hey, did you know Carolina? Did you know Carolina basketball won again? By the way, your heels. Did you know that? I did, I yeah. did, I did. Okay, so Saturday watched them against Boston College. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, you you might have heard this, but they're on an eight game winning streak. The yeah, they're, are. they're they're uh, and they're pretty was, good. They're pretty good right now. They are. They're they're playing good and just I love what they're doing on defense. I mean the offense is so much fun, love to see the scoring, but the way they are just taking the other team's best player, shutting them down. Um, it, it's a fun thing to see tonight. They're going to be playing Wake Forest at home. I think that's going to be, you know, it's going to be a tough one, even though it's at home. Um, 
And I'm I'm just want to see how far they can take this. And I'm just after the awful year Carolina had last year. I'm just really excited to see what's going to happen. Well, they're locked in. I mean, they seem locked in right now. They really very do. much locked in, and they you can tell also that they, there's great chemistry there with them on the on the court. Oh um, yeah, yeah. They they seem to genuinely like each other. Genuinely like playing with each other. There's not any drama or anything like that. So it's it's nice to see. Well, when we were and also you know you get to see Hubert with all of his, the the he brought in the people he really wanted to bring in, and it's just very fun. Well, we were down there. Let's see how excited he is. We opened the season, of course, down there. And mm-hmm. people were talking about Carolina's first win. Well, he was. When people were talking about Baycott and how his influence and how likable he is, and how he just has a knack of making the new players who come in from other places feel at home. Now, again, he is thirty nine years old, so he's a little older and more mature. So I understand why he's good at that. He's not even the oldest player on Carolina's team. The oldest player is Cormac Ryan. He is 25. I know, I know. Okay? The Notre Dame kid. But he, he's had a history of injuries. <laughs> then he had COVID year and that stuff. So, yeah. Well, you're on a roll now. I can't say anything. I just got to nod my head, tip my hat right now to the heels. Yes, be They're, nice. I know. Nice. I know. They're good. They're good. They're very, very good. good. All right, well, listen, don't get too cold today. I know you've got some knitted shawls, things like that. You might need a, might need a beanie down there in mid-70s, but uh, good luck. <laughs> it's actually going to be low 70s today, Rick. Oh, Only not even the mids. Gotcha. Which I think it's low 70s. So. We're excited because we're hitting 45 yeah. today. So, Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, there you go. But right now, it's not like in the teens, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope you were bundled up. It is, uh, well, at least it was double digits. Yeah, it's 15 right now. But uh, a couple of those mornings last oh, week, good. it was like five, eight. Well, I'm sure it was nice and warm when you walked into the radio <laughs> station, right? Well, no, it's freezing in here. I have two little space heaters I have to turn uh, on every show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're supposed to have space heaters in there, right? Does anybody know about that? Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> Shh, I okay. don't want anybody to we'll keep know. Keep that just between us. Okay, all right. Well, give my best to your fam, and uh, hey, congrats to your heels. And we'll, I guess, we'll talk some uh, championship games and probably more heels next week. Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> Later. All right, be good, <laughs> Marva. I'm in Miami. Uh, I mean, I can't even give her a hard time. I mean, I'm not too sure they're not. Oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm not too sure Carolina's not the best team in the country right now. Oh, it's true, though. All right, we'll be back. More coming up here as we head to the bottom of the hour. Tim Thomas in about 10 minutes. bottom of the hour todd said that was a good point looking at it from the other perspective yeah okay yeah exactly okay so you have the same video evidence if you're going to look at that evidence from caitlin clark and assume that she flopped and assume that she was playing it up and all this then you have to assume that the person running out on the floor targeted her right because you don't know what caitlin clark's intention was you don't know what this fan's intention was so 
you're going to give the fan the benefit of the doubt, but not the player in response because you just don't like her. Since you don't know anything about the fan, you're not going to talk about what their intent may have been. But what if they had targeted her as someone who obviously is a polarizing figure to opposing fan bases, right? Where's that part of the argument? You're going to do it one way, but not the other? What if the fan wanted to have a collision with her? What if the fan were trying to hurt her? Here's how it could have been said as well. Everybody who was jumping on Caitlin Clark, well, that fan clearly, clearly was out there trying to hurt her. You could see it. No, we didn't get any of that. We just got it focused on the player who, if you took the time to watch the postgame presser, which I'm guessing 98% of the people who jumped all over her on social media didn't do, you'd realize that she didn't come across, you know, in a negative way whatsoever. But if you're going to assume it one way and you got the same video footage, you got to assume it the other way as well, don't you? That's why I always tell people, reverse it. Just reverse it. Look at it from every perspective. That's what we try to do here. I don't always accomplish that, but hey, that's what I'm trying to do in this situation. All right, we'll take a break. We're halfway home. We'll dive headfirst into the two big basketball wins for Virginia Tech this weekend. The men in Raleigh, does that get their season back on track? And the women trying to just, you know, tread some water until they get their leader back. Georgia Amor. They looked good yesterday. And Liz Kitley will no doubt be the player of the year in the conference again, or she should be. She's leading this team right now. We'll be back. Stay with us. It's a little chilly out. But we do have warmer weather coming our way, which is awesome. I think one more somewhat chilly night tonight, and then we get back to uh, warmer days and warmer evenings, which will greet me very well, especially at 4 (laughs) a.m. Back to your... uh, Phone calls and your text messages are always welcome at 744-2990. Join us now on the program. He's the founder and curator of the Tech Lunch Pail, Tim Thomas. Join us. Tim, how are you? Good morning. Rick, I'm doing well. Hope you are also amidst, uh, you know, I'm a Packers fan, but I didn't ask for the Packer-like weather in January. So. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, you went on a heck of a run, man. If your quarterback would have played a little better, you may have pulled that one off. That was a really good game. The other night, I'm sorry you came up short. Yeah, it was, it was, that's a tough one. But that team, I tell you, turned the things around. They got a bright trajectory. It looks like the Packers might just have their third straight fan franchise quarterback. I mean, that's crazy to think about it. It is. You might have the Green Bay Packers may have three starting quarterbacks over a 45, 45 year span if Jordan Love keeps looking like this. It's crazy. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. 
All right, well, let's get into the Tech basketball weekend. Let's start with the men. They've had no problem in recent years winning in Raleigh, and boy, did they need that one, huh? I mean, this might be the kind of win. We'll wait and see, Tim, but it might be the, the kind of win to get their season back on track. The offense was clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those wins where they, they kind of, yeah, they needed it. Uh, that was that was clear talking to Mike Young after the game. They knew they needed it. And they beat an NC State team that, look, the win right now is Q2. It's right on that edge, Q1, Q2. They have a few of those that are on that edge. So there's no doubt it's a good win for the resume. No doubt about that. But it just was a big win, period. I mean, NC State started ACC play 5-1. and one. This was the team playing with a lot of momentum. Going on the road, Tech hadn't gotten a road victory yet. This A true road win. Yeah, I know they have a couple neutral site wins, but they hadn't gotten a true road victory yet on their schedule. And they finally, you know, broke through that wall a little. Um, especially if you're going to try to go 12-8, and eight, get the 12-8 and eight or so in ACC, you're going to have to pick off a few road games. And, you know, especially after you drop, you know, you know, drop serve at home against Miami. And this is a big way to bounce back. And, you know, it wasn't the prettiest. I think Mike Young, one of the, he mentioned, you know, at, while being jubilant about the win, wasn't pleased with the 20 turnovers. No, they found a way to win. No. And sometimes, you you know, you got to win when you don't have your best stuff sometimes. And when you have 20 turnovers, you don't exactly have your best stuff. Uh, but they found a way to win, and it was a collective effort. I mean, you got five guys in double figures. You know, for the first 28 minutes of the game, Padula and Kador have a combined seven points, and Tech was still right there hanging around. And then all of a sudden, those two just took over the game in that 19-4 run. They had 15 of those points during that stretch, and it was just – you know, they asserted themselves. The play at center was much better from Kidd and Poteet after they struggled mightily at UVA. And you look at this stretch. You know, going into it, if you would have said Virginia Tech's going to go 2-2 two and two against the stretch of Clemson, Miami, at UVA, at NC State, I think people would have been pretty satisfied with that. And that's what Tech has done. And now you got an opportunity here next couple games, Boston College, Georgia Tech at home. You know, it could be tricky. Both have proven to be tricky. Boston College actually looks half decent, but they're games you'd have to win if you're Virginia Tech. You avoid the bad losses. That could, bad losses in terms of resume, being at home, Q3 and Q4 type stuff. Take care of business. You can be a 5-4 and four in the ACC going into that big Duke game on Big Monday in just, in just a week from now. So, big win for Tech on Saturday. A lot of momentum now. Got to build on it. Got to build on it. Got to turn this into a few-game winning streak. And, you know, we, we talk about Mike Young not always getting off to the best ACC starts at 2-4 and four isn't exactly a great ACC start, but they're starting to get around. They might end up being above 500 ACC by the end of January, January, you know, when we look back. Tim, I want to get your take on Sean Padula because he's an enigma. Tech obviously needs him on the floor. And, yeah, he had eight assists, but he offset that by eight more turnovers. He self-admitted that he's a turnover machine What's going on with Padula? And I know that's something they're going to have to fix if they're going to have a successful second half of the conference schedule. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's weird. Like, it's one of those things that I, I think even Mike Young is, you know, right now trying to figure out exactly what's going on here. One, because historically his teams, in a corporate sense, haven't had some of these turnover struggles. And these, these are out of the ordinary for Padula and what we've seen from Tech in recent years in general anyway, to some extent. You know, I think... Part of it is Sean Padula at times tries to do a little too much with the basketball, with moving the basketball and whatnot. And I think he's got to – I think that's. I think tech, we see that not just Padula, but Tech as a whole. Sometimes they just try to force some things in there that they shouldn't. Um, and I think there, there needs to be at times a little more better playing in structure. I think that's where we've seen them slip up at times. 
Um, now, the quite NC State team, I think, is one of the better teams at forcing turnovers in general. So, you know, that could be a factor when we look at it on the road against a team that knows how to do this at a high level. But I think if you're Padula, I think you need him. It's a weird tension, Rick, because, some, like I said, you kind of want him to have the reins a little bit because that's where we've seen his best play. He's kind of, you know, gotten the reins a little loose, say, all right, go make plays. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we are what we are. Some, in some in some areas, like we need you to go make plays, you're you're cru- you're crucial, and well, Schumpadula has definitely done that. Um, but also, sometimes you get the good with the bad. So, how can he rein the bad in? How can he control limit that? Um, and how, like I think for Padula, he, he's got to he's got to be sharper a little on making those decisions in terms of trying to make the play, knowing when the play is there. I mean, sometimes you're going to have to try to force something in there, but. I think he's doing a little too often. He's trying to do a little too much. I think Tech collectively at times is trying to do a little too much right now in certain moments, and I think that's an area where they can improve. And I think, you know, they can clean up the turnovers. Something that, like I said, you look at the numbers historically with Mike Young teams. I think my colleague David Cunningham over at TSL mentioned this. Um, they clean up those turnovers and get to kind of where, or close to where these Mike Young teams have been historically. This is a very different team going forward. Um, it's a very different team. So, you know, like I said, I think Padula can clean it up, but it's going to come down to not forcing things. That's that's at the core of it is, you know, if you're Padula, you got to stop forcing things at times. And if he does that, I think you're going to see the turnovers come down. I think you're going to see the team start to take some bigger steps forward as well in their play. Yeah, agree. It feels like if they clean that up, they could go on a decent run here in the conference. Tim Thomas joining us on the program. He is the founder of the Tech Lunch Pail. All right, let's get to the ladies. Uh, obviously, they're playing without their leader right now with Georgia Amor. You hope it's not for a long-term thing as she deals with the concussion syndrome. But uh, Liz Kitley's showing you why she's the best player in the conference. And, you know, you have to – maybe this is something, you know, learning to win without Georgia is going to be something that kind of fits this team going forward because they had a tough week going into Sunday. Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, I think you look at the Duke game and – when you lose a player like Amor and things are already going the wrong way for you, you know, it's just things stacking on top of each other. And yeah, I think this is going to be valuable. I mean, I think for Kenny Brooks, you know, this is not the way you want this to be, but it kind of forced you to play suffering more and give her more experience. And that's going to be, that will pay dividends down the road. Don't know if that'll be this year fully or not, but that will, will pay dividends for her and her development. Wenzel, same thing. You know, I think, like I said, you kind of just got to find a way right now if you're tech. You, you don't know how long George A. Moore is going to be out, obviously, at this point. And so, you know, you got to find a way. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. It doesn't matter if it's a clumsy team that's, you know, not been very good. Like, you just got to find a way to hold serve right now. Just hold serve. You know, you got George, I think George Tech this week. And then Syracuse up at Syracuse is going to be interesting. That's going to be an interesting game. Syracuse team actually looks very decent. Um, it doesn't look they get an inflated record. Um, so, going to be a couple interesting games this week where we, obviously we don't know if Amor's going to be back or not. I mean, we saw Hunter Couture obviously come back pretty quickly. We'll see. I mean, predictable. We, we all, you know, we talk about it plenty on the football side. Um, you know, this is a very unpredictable situation. You don't know how long you may be without her. And I think if you're tech, you're going to need a little more, like I said, from some of your backcourt. I think Kayla King, what she did, Obviously, there's another injury question there now. Um, that you walk back and look like for on her own power, the sideline after getting carried off the court. 
So it's just like a Daquan Wright situation from football season uh, where he just, you know, looked like his season was over and all of a sudden is back in the game later on after getting carted off. We'll see. But, you know, even with – you need Wenzel and stuff. I think, you know, they Wenzel especially, but I think they've been very good defensively. She's got a lot of offensive talent. I think if she can find her rhythm, find that little more confidence again in her, in her shooting and her just her offensive ability, that could be something that not only helps Tech right now, but also pays big. Because she's the type of player who, if she gets going, she's got the talent to do it. Um, she could be an X factor for this team just the rest of the way. Period. If she can get her offense going, I think there's a. I think she more than anyone else can unlock a different. You know, the next level for this team. Well, and that's what is so frustrating and fun about the college basketball season, Tim. Right? There's so many ebbs and flows, man. I mean. You might be a week or two, you look like, okay, we're ready to rock and roll. Then all of a sudden, you kind of fall a little bit, and you kind of go down the gutter. And that's what it's all about. And getting right by February, heading into March, that's what's important. Absolutely right. It's it's all building up for that. You know, it's the way the sport is. And, you know, and and right now, I mean, it's critical for positioning. Because, you know, you don't, you want to be in that right. You, You want the best path possible. I think Kenny Brooks talked about it after the NC State victory. It's like they're thinking about the same way. How can we get the best seed possible, put ourselves in the best position to go and make a deep run in March and go and go push for even a national championship? And, you know, I think right now that's where they got to hold serve right now. they got to hold serve. You know, you don't want to, you know, committee may not be the kindest looking back and say, oh, you lost the even without any more. They may not look that detail. You never know. And so – you know, the difference between being a two or three seed or a four or even a five, especially, um, is significant, you know, and, and, and the, the, the road that you have to face to get to the final four and get to that biggest stage, it, it's just tougher, relatively speaking. And so, obviously, a lot of positioning, that's, and that's the crazy thing, men's and women's, you know, on the men's side. This thing has been blown. I mean, we're, we, we feel like we've, I feel like we've kind yo-yoed on the men's side a little from NIT bubble to NCAA tournament bubble back and forth a couple times. So that's, that's kind of how this thing plays out. And I think with both of these teams here, you have two teams that are just writing their stories. I don't think either of these teams have really written their stories. I don't think we have finished products with either of these teams right now. Um, you know, I don't think we can say at this point they are who they are. With Iowa, they seem to think both teams have a lot more room to grow. The question is, can they do it? Um, and we'll see. That's the, that's the beauty of the sport is um, you get time. Um, you don't only get so much, depending on your margin for error. Obviously, on the women's side, with their aspirations, you know, their margin for error, what their margin for error is for looks different than it is on the men's side of just at least being there and having a chance. But, you know, it all ebbs and flows, and it's – it's kind of the fun of it. It's the craziness of it, the chaos of it, but it's the fun of it. All right, Tim, before we let you go, what do you hear? Any rumblings uh, from the Virginia Tech football roster perspective? Comings and goings, things have been quiet. We know there's been a lot of work behind the scenes, but things relatively quiet right now, which <laughs> today's day and age, not necessarily a bad thing when you're talking about college football. Yeah, Rich, I think obviously a lot of the focus now is on 2025 high school recruiting for Tech. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of portal momentum to bring anyone else in. I would think they, you know, after the spring, maybe there's a couple guys they try to get. Personally, I think maybe, you know, they maybe should have been more aggressive trying to get a second offensive line. But I think the data suggests that if you need more than, you know, 
get everything you need in the trenches in that first window because there isn't going to be much in the second. And I know people are probably saying, what about APR? You look at the numbers, APR is the exception, not the rule in terms of that spring window. So I think, I don't think they're going to do it. I think they should have. I think they're going to wait till the spring. But, you know, on the other side, 25 recruiting, you know, you had four-star Jalen Jalen Gilchrist, offensive lineman out 757. Um, on campus this weekend. Um, that's a big one. Carson Lawrence, a Vanderbilt wide receiver, athlete commit. Um, he was on campus this weekend. Got a few big visitors coming up both on Tuesday and on Saturday. You know, they like doing some of these junior days around, some of these home basketball games. So they, And they've done a couple of these weeknight ones with a home game like Boston College. It makes you wonder if maybe they'll try to get some local guys you know, vote for that, and some like the more regional guys, maybe on the 29th as well, when Tech takes, takes on Duke on that big Monday game, um, to get them out there and in that environment, and you know, try to showcase a little something that you know, you know, it's hard to showcase as much this time of year when you don't have football games going on. So, you know, I think I have a lot of focus on 2025 recruiting. You know, you got one commit. Let's see if Tech can start adding a couple commits early on to get this class rolling here. So I think that's the focus. Obviously, the game he better reported last week. Tech played at Brady is no longer has decided to end his football career. Um, that you know, obviously, just a, just a disappointing. I think all around for everybody. You know, for Brady, had success at Gardner, will have just didn't find the right fit and you know his you know decided to end his career and rather transfer elsewhere. For Tech, obviously, this wasn't the guy that they I think they thought they were getting. Uh, or at least, and that's the rest of that spring window. Is you, you know, a lot, a lot of the top tier guys. There's always not enough portal guys. There's all, or not enough portal trench guys. There's already too many teams looking for too few guys, and so there's risk. A lot of risk. There are guys you may not take. You may not take the same risk on in the winter window that you take risk on the spring window because you need it. Um, I think. Like I said, uh, you know, we talk about recruiting. I think if there's a UL Monroe guy, barely played, had tremendous size, though, in the defensive line. Got like 20 power five offers. Went to Miami, barely played. So, I mean, that's that's the reality. Um, like I said, Brady, obviously, that opens up scholarship. That helps with the numbers. Um, and so we'll see. Like I said, I think there, there's still some numbers that will have to shake themselves out. But for now, I think the focus on 2025 high school recruiting and then at after spring practice, we'll see where they go from there when the spring window opens. All right. Well, great stuff as always. And, folks, don't forget, all you have to do is just uh, subscribe and follow Tech Lunch Pail, right, Tim? I mean, it's easy to do, and that way you don't miss yep. any of the coverage. Absolutely. Go to techlunchpail.com. You can give an insider today and all the best coverage. Um, six nine nine a month, sixty nine 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 a year. That simple. And if you don't want, you know, you're not ready to become an insider today. Sign up for a user account. Customize the site the way you want it. If you're a bigger basketball fan than a football fan. You can set it up that way. You're a bigger football and recruiting person. Set it up that way. You're a bigger wrestling or baseball or softball, whatever else. You can set up the way you want it. You can get involved in our comment sections, all that. So go to techlunchbell.com. Got a lot of great stuff coming. All right, brother. Well, listen, have a great week, man, and uh, we'll talk again next week. I appreciate it, Rick. All right, there you go. That's Tim Thomas from the Tech Lunch Pail. Good perspective all the way around about the men's and women's basketball teams. Good vibes around both after uh, some big wins this weekend. We'll take our final break here in hour two. Come back. Mind you what's ahead in the power hour we return. Great discussion going on today on the text line about a lot of things that's happening. Talk more about the NFL playoffs, more about Caitlin Clark, whatever you'd like to – take the show we'll be here for it we'll be back
reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Engines pumping and thumping in time. The green light flashes, the flags go up. Churning and burning, they yearn for the cup. They deftly maneuver and muscle for rank. Fuel burning fast on an empty tank. Reckless and wild, they pour through the turns. Their prowess is potent and secretly stern. As they speed through the finish, the flags go down. The fans get up and they get out of town. The arena is empty except for one man still All right, driving we're, uh, and striding up our as fast here as on Monday. Hope you're okay wherever you might be. Text lines open for you, 2990 You can call us up on the Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900. Sunny day. We're going to slowly warm up today and then the rest of the week. So I'm smiling. Yeah. Yeah. Good weekend for, uh, well, three out of the four local college basketball teams. The Radford women lost on the road down at Upstate. Radford men get a dramatic win. People have been asking, hey, Rick, how was your call at the end of the game uh, on Saturday? Well, here it is. You tell me. Oh, oh, my. Oh, no. Oh, no. That was out of nowhere. I mean, I think I pretty much nailed it. <laughs> Never gets old. All right. (laughs) Eight o'clock power hour coming up. Glad to have you with us wherever you might be. (laughs) Don't go away.